Welcome to the EQFit Podcast. Our mission is to equip people to prosper in every aspect of their life. Whether you're at home or in the workplace, we explore practical ways of improving success, satisfaction, finding balance, and building enjoyable and beneficial relationships. Thank you for joining us. When I say the word trust, what do you think of? What does trust feel like? How do you define trust? Trust seems to be such a simple word and a simple concept, but when I ask people to tell me how they trust, they struggle with answering that question. If I ask you, how do you trust? How would you answer that question? Is there a specific way that we trust? Are there different trust styles? Do people trust differently? Well, the answer to all of those questions is yes. Before we get into trust a little deeper, I think it's really important to talk about the difference between trust and loyalty. Let's look at what loyalty is. Loyalty is usually to a person or a thing, maybe an organization. But the reality is the critical element to loyalty is where does it come from? Is it based out of trust or maybe a positive outcome? Or is it based out of politics? Loyalty based in politics is almost always divisive and can be very toxic. Loyalty in that context is based on a foundation of what can you do for me? And I think in our world today, we see so much of this going on. A lot of loyalty, loyalty to a person, loyalty to a cause, loyalty to an idea. But is it really based in trust? And is there value in that? Or is it more about what can I get out of it for me? It turns focus to self-goals self-interest, and just selfishness. And it turns focus away from the team or the organizational goals or objectives. Well, many people I've worked with confuse trust and loyalty. Some of this is natural, and some is very self-serving. We want people to be loyal to us, but we don't like it when they're loyal to someone else and it hurts the effort or success we're trying to achieve. We've all experienced organizations that operate on an us versus them mentality or what we might call silos. Don't we see that everywhere? Where we kind of set up the defensive walls and decide, you know, it's us versus them. Well, that's loyalty, and unfortunately, in many cases, divisive loyalty. This approach just creates disruption. It disrupts innovation. It disrupts the flow of trust. 
Well, does that mean loyalty's bad? Not necessarily. If loyalty comes out of trust, then loyalty can be healthy. It can be a really good thing. Well, how does that happen, though? Let's talk about the foundations of trust. Where does trust come from? And by the way, before we go any further, whether we think about it or not, trust is an emotion. I have a lot of people that say to me, the first time I say that to people, a lot of people that say to me, wait a minute, that's not right. Yeah, it is. Trust is an emotion. And you know, you know that when you're around people you trust, you feel a certain way. And when you're around people you distrust, you feel a certain way. But the initiating emotion is trust itself or the lack of trust. So there's a lot of different models to explain where trust comes from. For our purposes, I'm going to focus in on something I use all the time called the trust equation. Well, what is that? It literally is an equation. It's an equation you can actually use to measure your trust with somebody else. So picture this. Trust equals credibility plus reliability plus connection divided by self-orientation or self-interest or another way I've heard it explained is how important is my self-success or what I want to get out of that relationship. Well, let me define those words because I think it's important to understand the words that make up that equation. Credibility plus reliability plus connection divided by self-orientation. Credibility, a perceived level of expertise exceeding the buyer's threshold of expectations that will provide value to the other person. Now, I use the word buyer in there because I use this all the time when I coach and train sales organizations. But it could be any, anybody. It could be any leader. It could be any situation. This equation works no matter whether you're building a relationship with someone as a friend or whether you're running a sales organization or you're running a, a nonprofit. Trust is critical. So reliability. What is reliability? Doing what is agreed upon or promised. So ex exceeding the follow-through expectations. You follow through, you do what you say you're going to do. Connection, a willingness to be fully present and authentic in the relationship for the purpose of growing the relationship for mutual benefit. And then what is self-orientation? The amount of weight given to self-success. That defines the trust equation. And I use that all the time. If you were to take that equation and rate each one of those elements one to five. So for instance, let's say I have a credibility score of five and a reliability score of five and a connection score of five. That's 15. 
well, but what if my self-orientation or the importance I give to my personal success in that relationship, what if that's a 5-2? Well, 15 divided by 5 is a 3. So my trust score is a 3. But what if my credibility is a 3, my reliability is a 3, and my connection is a 3, but my importance on my self-success, my self-orientation is a 1? Then my trust score is a 9. Is it better to have a trust score of a 3 or a 9? Obviously 9, right? So... When we look at this, when we get a good understanding of how trust is generated, we can start to look at what that means for different people. Yes, different people approach trust in different ways. They approach building trust in different ways. Think of this as a trust style. Can we measure our trust style? Fortunately, the answer is a resounding yes, we can. A very good friend of mine, Yvette Bethel, who's a subject matter expert in trust, has created a new assessment that measures a person's trust style. So think of this as how you prefer to build trust with others. There are three pillars of trust in this assessment. And then there are some other measures that are important as well. But for our purposes today, I want to focus on the three pillars that make up your trust style. The first one is integrity, transparency and honesty, which includes both transparency and honesty with yourself and with others. And then the second pillar is emotional mastery. So what is that? It's self-awareness. It's understanding emotions. It's recognizing patterns, self-regulation. It's consequential thinking. It's practicing optimism. It's navigating emotions for better outcomes. That's emotional mastery. Well, the third pillar is a we disposition. It's more of a team orientation where empathy, inclusion, engaging others, connecting with others to be productive, their shared vision in that requires understanding your personal vision and goals and being willing to step out of your comfort zone to get there together. So those three pillars, integrity, emotional mastery, and we disposition, spelled W-E, like us, a we disposition. Those are the three pillars of trust. However, they can be in different sequence, meaning one can be stronger than the other two. You're going to have one that's primary, one that's secondary, and then one that's tertiary. So when you think of it that way, what do you lead with? These Pillars of trust are going to be in priority order depending on how you prefer to build trust. So, for example, it may be a WEI. So, the W is the we disposition, 
The E is emotional mastery and the I is integrity. That could be your style or somebody else's style. That the person prefers to build trust first from that we disposition, then again next through emotional mastery, and lastly through integrity. This is a very specific trust style. And I want to share something I think is an important note here. Integrity is not, in this assessment, it is not the measure of how much integrity somebody has. It's a measure of how they use their integrity in their style of building trust with other people. So if your I is last, your integrity is your last and smallest pillar, it doesn't mean that you don't have integrity. What it means is that's not what you lead with when you're trying to build trust with other people. Now, this assessment is what I call a deep insight assessment. When you start to wrap your head around the data that it's providing, new horizons of understanding emerge. What if you knew the trust style of other people? how they like to build trust. Then you knew your trust style. So think of it this way. You're in a room with a group of people and all of a sudden, little letters pop up above their head. And some of them have W-E-I's, some of them have E-W-I's, some have I-E-W's. I mean, there's so many combinations, right? But if you could know yours and their trust style, what could you do with that? This is the way they try to build trust. This is the way you try to build trust. Can you begin to see the possibilities of the enhanced trust building that could happen if that were to be shared and known among a group of people? Well, trust is an accelerator of success. What do I mean by that? I recently did a project with an organization that is relatively new and they're growing fast. As with most organizations like this, they find themselves in a rapidly changing environment where bringing on new clients and serving them well is critical to their continued success. Having worked with clients like this for many years, I can see the organizational and relational gaps starting to increase. This is a natural part of a rapidly growing organization. Sometimes we grow beyond our capabilities or bandwidths. It's very rare that an organization plans well enough or has enough resources to have all of the growth be in parallel. Sometimes sales outgrows operations. Sometimes strategy outgrows tactics. I mean, there's so many different ways to look at this. Well, in working with this organization, the, the glue that held things together initially was their shared experience. But as the company grows and as more pressure is added, that glue starts to not work so well. 
it starts to fade away. And again, it's due to increased pressure, the need to manage multiple priorities, the foundation to stand on becomes what? How do we transition to the best next foundation? As team members get to know each other, as they get to know their clients, it's got to be trust. You've got to be able to trust that others are going to be able to step up and do what's needed to be done as the organization grows. The challenge is that many of the team members are new within the last two years. So trust has not had the opportunity to develop and fully mature in every relationship. Now comes the challenge. Over the years, there's always been a missing piece for me, and that's how do we measure trust? You're going to hear me use the term measure what matters many times. I use it in blog articles. I use it in podcast episodes. I use it in many different places. I use it with my clients all the time. We need to be measuring what truly matters. So how do you measure trust? Well, there are assessments out there that measure trust. And there's one I really like by Dr. Chuck Coker, C-O-K-E-R, that does an excellent job of measuring trust in many different facets. For the project with my client, however, I used a different trust assessment. I really needed to understand how each of the team members were approaching building trust through their unique trust style. So enter the trust style inventory from Organizational Soul. And that is Yvette Bethel's organization. And she is the founder of that organization. So the trust style inventory is unique. To my knowledge, there is nothing else out there like it that actually measures a very specific set of elements that create a trust style. And a wonderful, and many, many years of research and background to create this wonderful assessment and insight that help people be able to better understand how to build trust with others, even when somebody else doesn't have the same trust style. So back to my company that I'm working with. Of the five people that were measured, we came up with four different trust styles. This created a wonderful feedback session where each individual could understand their trust style and the trust style of other team members. This understanding led to a very productive learning experience. Each team member had the opportunity to better understand how others approached building trust. This removed several roadblocks and misunderstandings while opening new avenues of trust building. You know, so much of the time, if we don't know everything about a situation, we kind of make up stuff to fill in the gaps. So call it story or call it something from our perspective, whatever you want to call it, 
We just fill in the gaps. Our brains automatically do that. And I'm sure you've experienced times in your life when you saw something, observed something, experienced something, and you thought a certain way, and then you created a whole story behind it, later to find out that wasn't accurate at all. Well, we have to be aware of how our brains work, and especially when it comes to trust. So there's a phrase that I use a lot. Trust is the currency of getting things done. And I fully believe that. I truly do believe that. To facilitate getting things done more efficiently and effectively, we need to have a certain level of trust. And I think that that's just common sense, right? If we're going to work with other people and get things done, especially if we need to be more effective or more efficient, there needs to be a level of trust. If we don't have that trust, things will slow down. We will not get things done as well or as quickly. So I have a question for you. And here's my question. In getting things done with another person, would you rather like them or trust them? No, it isn't a trick question. I know most of us would like to have both. But trust is something you can build on and count on to get things done. So back to that phrase that I use, measure what matters. Everything I'm doing over the last several episodes and into the future is focused on exploring tools that can provide an advantage by measuring what truly matters. And the trust style inventory is one of those tools. If you knew how your team members like to build trust, would that be helpful to you? Would that be helpful to them? If you knew the trust style of other people in your life, would that be helpful? In today's world, the ever-increasing pace of change adds stress to every aspect of our lives. One of the best antidotes to stress is trust. Knowing how you and others like to build trust is an advantage that brings real value and real return on investment. Thank you for joining us for this episode. If you have any questions about this week's episode or maybe a suggestion for future episodes you'd like us to explore, please contact us through our website at eqfit.org. For more information and inspiration, connect with us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube at EQFit.